Some people say that the Doug Ford government is not doing enough. Some of those happen to be the heroes, the frontline workers like Nancy Halupa, emergency room nurse and a co-founder of Nurse with Sign, who is live at Queens Park right now. It is the second of a uh, two-day protest organized by advocacy groups Nurse with a Sign and Ontario Nurses United. And she joins us to uh, talk about what they're asking for. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. So before I get to your thoughts on what was left out of the throne speech, um, can we talk about the fact that there is some unrest going on right now? Uh, Anti-vaxxers are showing up at Queen's Park. Can you set the scene for us here? Yeah, so um, I actually sent most of my group away. They're marching to Dundas Square as we speak. Just because it got a little bit um, violent, a lady was arrested. Um, it's hard because we, you know, nurses don't have a say in, in anything in healthcare. So getting mad at us for the mandate and the vaccine passport is pointless. We don't have anything to do with it. So it's a little frustrating because, you know, I would still treat these people with the same kind of respect and dignity as anyone else, whether they're vaccinated or not. But we're not getting the same in return from them. So it's a little heartbreaking. How many anti-vaxxers showed up? Like, give us an idea of how many people, how many nurses would you imagine were down at Queen's Park? Or do you, can you just a rough number, but just eyeballing it down at Queen's Park today? And then uh, when did the anti-vaxxers show up and how many of them do you think there were? So there was about... 10 of them, I would say, when we got here. I got here a bit early, so they were here from 9 o'clock. And I had about... They were waiting for you. Well, I think they were already scheduled to come. Okay. Um, so we we knew they were going to be here, but we had kind of set up off to the side, far away from them. And we weren't engaging. You know, but every time an interviewer would come up to talk to us, they would insert themselves into it, mm. kind of stare us down as we were talking. It, it makes it a little uncomfortable. They're not wearing masks. We're all wearing masks, you know. I can hear the frustration, and I understand that, because the anger, as you said, is misdirected. Nurses have nothing to do with the masking mandates. They have nothing to do with the um, vaccine passports or certificate program, yet you guys are being um, just harassed by anti-vaxxers. So you've you've sent your folks away. Yeah, I did. I sent them off to Dundas Square. Um. You know, we get enough harassment at work, I think, from from patients and families. We don't need it on our days off when we're trying to make a point that your health care is in danger and we don't care what your vaccination status is. You come into a hospital, you're in danger no matter what because there's a severe nursing shortage. So let yeah, let's get to the to to why you've been holding this two day protest. Um, this is we are in the midst of a nursing shortage right now. Can you punctuate? Uh, what you're asking for? So we've been in a nursing shortage for my entire career. I've been a nurse for 23 years. COVID isn't the reason we're leaving. It's, it's just brought everything to surface. Uh, we haven't had a wage increase on par with inflation over 10 years. And then Doug Ford institutes Bill 124, which was meant to protect the public sector uh, for future generations. But in reality, all it did was stab nurses in the back. You can't call us heroes one second, and then reward us with pennies and a raise. And that's over the next three years. So we're, we're disheartened. We're, we're disgusted. We have, we're a highly educated profession, and we're not paid what we're worth. So nurses are leaving to provinces and countries that will pay for them. Can the Ford government go in and revise Bill 124 to exclude nurses? 
they need to just remove Bill 124 completely. It's not just nurses that are suffering. It's teachers. It's pharmacists that work in hospitals. It's a whole profession of, it's a whole group of professions that are needed. It's not, you know, you can't call us essential and then make us expendable. I don't know that nurses want to lump themselves in with teachers. I got to be honest. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people now that are going, okay, you lost me at that because people feel that teachers have a a pretty good deal. But let's just stick with nurses if we could. What's the solution uh, that nurses are hoping for from the Doug Ford government? Because we need to find a solution. This is serious. I mean, I was talking to two people that work in the medical profession as well this weekend. And uh, one of them's a surgeon. He's like, yes, we need critical care nurses. Like, this is problematic. We do, and they it's going to be money, I think, at this point. That's the only way we're going to keep nurses that have been around for as long as I have around. And we are the ones who are going to teach the new grads how to be nurses. Education and university will only get you so far. You don't become a nurse after four years. Everything I learned, I learned on the job from my mentors. And if there's none of us left to mentor these new people, it's, this profession is going to die. And so what is the, if we don't have the, um, paint the picture, be really blunt about what happens if we lose these mentors. What happens to the people that are listening right now that need medical care? What kind of situation are we going to find ourselves in, in two years, in five years, you know, go 10 years? You can't replace a critical trained nurse who's been there for years with someone who just graduated. They won't be able to see someone someone's health condition declining. They won't be able to understand what they're seeing in front of their very eyes. And honestly, I took me five years to become a, a, a competent eMERGE nurse. And I did that with my coworkers helping me and showing me this is what needs to be done. This is what you do. And in 10 years, there's going to be no nurses. So who's going to take care of us when we're sick? And, I, you know, it's pretty sad that I'm terrified to bring my own family to a hospital because I know what the situation is. I will not. What? I would never take my family member to a hospital and leave them there because I don't trust anybody to know what they're doing anymore. So wait a minute, Nancy, you're an emergency room nurse. You've got 20 plus years experience. You said it took about five years on the job to really be be competent. If you're a kid I uh, had a situation where you had to rush them to the emergency room. You are not leaving them alone with the emergency room staff. You're going Never. in and, and so that you can keep your eyes on it and direct? Yes. My dad had a heart attack in May of this year, and I stayed as much as I could, even though there was a, re- a visitor restriction. It's terrifying. How's that being received? Was it actually a welcome uh, reception from other nurses going, thankfully, you're here because we are short-staffed and I am, like, run ragged? Yeah. And, you know, I love, you know, I love my job. But when I have a patient whose relative is a healthcare provider, it makes my job easier because I have someone there to call me, you know, call me if something happens and you need me to come in right away because I'm busy with 10 other people. So, you know. Okay, so. Even if money was thrown at this, and we need money thrown at this for sure. I mean, I was wondering how much it would cost to incentivize uh, people to come home from the states uh, because yeah. there's a they're well trained, they're already working. Let's get them back. We educated them. You know, we paid we paid for some of the education, right? Like that's that's what we do with universities. So let's get these people back to Canada. But we have to incentivize them, you know, monetarily to come back to Canada. Yeah. Um, it, 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 how? 
How quickly could that turn around? Well, it happened pretty quickly when the other hospitals in other countries and provinces were offering tens of thousands of dollars in incentive bonuses. So if Canada were to offer, if Ontario were to offer the same to keep people here, I don't think it would take very long for people to come back home. Nobody okay, wants incentive bonuses, how, how large of an incentive bonus would you suggest we need? Um, Based on, you know, what you saw elsewhere. I don't, personally, I don't want an incentive bonus to stay. I want a proper wage and a wage that's going to carry me through the next 10 to 15 years of my profession. So our top salary is $47. And you stay at that for the next however many years it takes for you to hit 45, uh, 25 years. And by then, you only go up another 90 cents. So nurses, I think people have the misconception that nurses are diaper changing, bedpan emptying, you know, bed bath giving people. We aren't. We give life-saving medications. We are with the patient 24 hours a day. The doctors treat the disease. We treat the patient. And we need to be paid you know, I don't want to give a salary, but the only reason a nurse is on the sunshine list is because she works massive overtime. No regular full-time nurse is going to ever make that sunshine list without overtime. Okay. And with the overtime, we have burnout. Yeah, tons of it. And we feel guilty when we don't go in. We feel guilty when we do go in because we're taking time away from our families. And it's not worth the extra money at this point. Uh, Nancy, today the throne speech happened, uh, and there was nothing mentioned. No, there was nothing. And how do you feel? They said was they were going to hire thousands of more nurses and PSWs, and you know, calling us frontline heroes. And honestly, when I hear the word frontline heroes, it, it makes my blood boil because I am not a hero. I never wanted to be one. None of us did. It's a slap in the face to be called one, and then have no compensation for it. And this whole idea of hiring nurses and more PSWs, PSWs are, are great. We use them a lot in every unit of the department, but they are not the same skill as nurses. So what they're trying to do, I'm assuming, is hire as many PSWs as they can because they get paid significantly less to replace nurses. It, it's I want, that. yeah, I, I don't know about anybody else listening, but if I go to Emerge, I want a qualified person attending to me ASAP. And you deserve it. And that's what you pay your taxes for. People say healthcare is free in Canada. It's not. We pay huge amounts of taxes for our healthcare and you are not getting what you deserve. Nancy, let me ask you this. How do you put this in perspective for the average person that's listening right now? Beyond, oh, you're going to be in trouble. I wouldn't bring my own family to a hospital and leave them there alone. This is coming from a a nurse that's been 20 plus years. Is one of the solutions to illustrate how much money that the uh, healthcare system costs us right now by sending us a bill that we don't have to pay for so we understand that it is an important uh, service that we're getting? Because do we, are we just, is that a problem that we just don't understand the oh, uh, value that we're getting? I think it is. You know, just to make a chart in an emergency department without seeing a doctor is, I believe, $365. That's for paperwork. So add on to that an x-ray, a blood test, a CT, anything diagnostic. And it's going to cost, it's going to come out to thousands. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to happening is the only way to save this is to go private and the only people that are going to benefit from that are the rich 
So yeah, I think we've got a situation where what we're doing is because we we see the word free attached or we yeah. perceive it as free attached to our medical care. We undervalue how much yeah. money needs to be invested into it and how much service we're getting for those dollars. And I think if we had an itemized list of how much everything costs when we go into the hospital, people's eyes would open and they say, oh, of course we need to pay these people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we get the comments all the time from patients, you know, I pay your salary. Well, I also pay my own salary. I pay taxes as well. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's sad because we none of us want to work in privatized health care. I know I don't. I'm not going to pick and choose who I see as a patient based on what their salary is. And that's what this is going to come to if things don't change immediately. We're not being listened to. And constantly going on and on about the vaccine mandate and the passport is deflecting what the actual issue is. So any patient that comes in without a vaccine or a vaccine passport will still get treated. But the treatment is going to be significantly less because of the short the shortage of nurses. And that goes for people that are vaccinated or unvaccinated. There's a lot of deflection going on so that they can avoid the real issues at hand. And that is that healthcare is not just crumbling, it's broken. Nancy, thanks so much for providing some perspective. It's scary perspective, but I think it's important no that we all hear it and uh, hear uh, directly from the source what's going on in emergency rooms. You are an emergency room nurse. You're yep. co-founder of Nurse with a Sign. It's also on Instagram. Yep, Nurse with Sign 416. Amazing. Thanks so much, Nancy, and I wish you Thank the you. best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me.